Hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast. We have a new format of the show and it's broken up into four parts. Moments of All, where I share actionable tips, strategies and coaching models that you can implement in your daily life for massive improvements. Tips from my pen, where I share personal insights from my morning pages. The Paradigm Shift blogcast, where you can now listen to our monthly themed articles. And finally, Purposeful Conversations with our Radical Shift series, where we have honest chats with change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. another super amazing guest for you we have Orly Waba who is an educator a speaker an entrepreneur an author and community activist passionate about inspiring and motivating people to be the best they can be since her teenage years Orly has worked extensively with tweens and teens as well as local charities in her community providing a helping hand for those who need it the most Ollie, after being inspired by a small sign on a plane labelled Life Vest Inside, Ollie founded Life Vest Inside in 2011, a non-profit organisation with a mission to inspire, empower and educate people of all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness. Life Vest Inside encourages people to embrace the incredible power of giving and recognises that in times of hardship, kindness, like a vest, keeps the world afloat. It's now time to tune in to Orly. Enjoy. Well, I'm super excited this morning. We have a special guest for the Radical Shift Summit. We have Orly Waba. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. And I'm really excited because I've already had a bit of a conversation with Orly and she's super awesome, hence why she's on the Radical Shift Summit. So Orly, we would always love to start with a story and life in itself is a story. So tell us, how did you get to where you are today? Ah, it's a good story. Uh, so basically, I started an organization called Life Fest Inside about seven years ago. Just a bit about my background, I was a middle school teacher for seven of the most amazing years left my job teaching seven years ago to start the organization. And the mission of Life Fest Inside is to inspire, empower, and educate people of all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness. But the entirety, the core, the essence of the organization is based really on empowerment and empowering people to recognize their value and that they matter and that they're unique, to remind them that without them, the puzzle of this world is just not complete. And each and every person has a purpose. If you're here, you have air in your lungs, your heart is beating, there's something that you're meant to bring into this world that nobody else can. 
So even though I started the organization seven years ago, and really my story began ever since I was a little kid that dreamed of changing the world. And of course, when you're a young kid, as, four, as young as four years old, I remember it very, very well, talking about wanting to change the world, people can look at you like you're a little bit crazy. And when you're an adult saying that you want to change the world, they look at you like you're even more crazy. But really my journey started since I was a child, very much believing that I was meant to do something in my life to bring people together. But I think a lot of it really stemmed from not understanding why there was so much animosity in the world, why there was this divide between people of different backgrounds or races or religions, where that hatred came from. And I felt like I was meant to be a part of bringing people together. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know what, but I just knew that it was a passion inside of me. Moving forward into my adolescent years, and I was a very, very shy kid, just to make mention. Moving into my adolescent years, I went through an experience when I was a sophomore in high school that I would say probably was the experience that really launched me into the person that I am today. It was one of the best things that could have happened to me, and I know that's going to sound crazy when I tell you what that was, because it doesn't feel like it exactly at the moment. In my sophomore year of high school, I had a fire in my house. My family lost absolutely everything. We were okay. I'm one of five siblings, so we were physically okay. But it does something to you when you see your home completely gone, all the memories. It wasn't just the fire. It was one of those kind of years, you know, when everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And then when you think, okay, it can't get worse, it gets worse. And it just kept coming one after the next, after the next. And when you see your parents break down, I think that hurts more than anything. They didn't see that I saw them, but that next morning after the fire, seeing the look on their face, it completely destroyed me. And I, want, I didn't want to be an extra burden onto them, so I kept my feelings hidden from them. My friends didn't know what to say to me. I mean, they were going through their own things. 15 years old, everyone's going through something. So I hid my feelings away from them. Problem is with feelings is that if you hide them away too much and you hide them too deep, they don't just stay there. They can't stay hidden for very long. And one day I went to sleep and sort of just didn't wake up the next morning. I fell into a state of a very, very, very dark depression. And when I say dark, I mean suicidal dark. And I was really angry, angry at the world, angry at myself, angry at my family, angry at God, just angry. But it wasn't the fire that really caused all of that. I was home from school for several months. And during those months, not one person came to visit. Not one person called to see if I was okay. And that made me feel like, well, if I wasn't here tomorrow, would anybody even notice? Would anybody even care? I was a kind of kid, yeah, I was shy. I was definitely very shy, but I always loved people. So whether I knew you, didn't know you, if you were absent from school, I would take notes for you, bring it to you the next day. I was home for a few months and I felt like it didn't make a difference to anyone in this world. And that made me feel insignificant. And so I wanted everything. I was forced to go back to school after a few months, but I wasn't that same kid, you know? I was that kid, loner kid sitting in the corner. And one not so special morning woke up and I was, as I was getting ready to go to school, I was looking at myself in the mirror, in the bathroom, and really looking at myself. And the scariest thing happened. I didn't see that four-year-old kid, that kid that dreamed of changing the world, looking back at me. And, and that scared me more than anything. And I said to myself, I have no idea how I got this far down and I have no clue how I'm gonna pick myself back up, but this can't be my end. 
And I made a promise to myself at 15. And it's a promise that led me to the work with, that I did with, the te- with teaching, the promise that led me to the work I'm doing with Life Fest Inside. And it's a promise that's going to lead me to whoever that is coming next for me that I don't even know of yet. And it was a promise to be there for people the way I wish somebody would have been there for me. To see people the way I wish somebody would have seen me. In those next couple of years of high school, sort of walking alone, which is not easy to do, but it gave me a chance to do something that we most, most of us don't get a chance to do in our lifetime. It gave me a chance to fall in love with me for me. Not because I wanted to impress somebody or I wanted somebody to, but I got to fall in love with me for me. And I got to find my strength and my voice within it. And in my senior year on a seminar that I went on with all my kids in my grade, we were sitting in a circle and the teacher was talking about obstacles and I did something I never did before. I raised my hand. And I had something to contribute. The crazy thing is that these kids that I used to be so super intimidated from were coming up to me afterwards and asking me for advice. And what I found was that the more I gave, the more I healed. And the more I gave, the more I healed. And I became just in love with this concept, this idea of giving. Because for the first time, my giving was coming from a positive place. It was coming from a place of strength. It was coming from a place of awareness of my value. And therefore, I was able to give wholeheartedly and not feel like I was sacrificing I understood the value in others, value myself. And at that point, I started getting involved in every possible thing that I could. Doing various community service activities, speaking in front of large groups, mentoring at-risk kids. Because I finally understood my value and only then could others understand it. There's no amount of giving that we give to others is going to bring us a sense of happiness. It's not, it has to come, happiness comes from within you. It comes from a recognition and an understanding that you just being you Regardless of the titles, regardless of the money, regardless of popularity or looks or fame, you make a difference in this world. You matter. And that's what led me into the work that I am doing till today. That's what guided me into the person that I always was. I just didn't have the confidence and the voice, but I was always this person. I just couldn't give it voice. Wow, and I've heard this saying that it's in the giving that we receive and obviously it's, uh, it's very much what you are aligned with. And the other thing too, it's just the other day we're talking about it, the dark night of the soul, that it's almost like it's when we get to that rock bottom do we start having these insights or these aha moments or an awakening. And it yeah. sounds like what you went through. It's, well, it's, it's true for everyone, uh, you know, Sometimes I think, feel like in today's world, we try and coddle, you know, our, the youth. And, and I, I really don't agree with this methodology because it actually, it, it robs a person of an important part of their own self-development. We're all going to go through hard moments and you can't compare one person's adversity with another. Everyone's going to go through hardship in their life. It's those moments of hardship where we're pushed against the wall that we're able to dig deep inside of us and find that strength to be able to overcome. We tap into a strength that we may not have ever been able to tap into had we not been pushed up against that wall. Now, that's not to say that people have a choice. Everybody has a choice. We could be in a moment, and I could have chosen to go down a really negative path, but I made a choice to go in another direction. Sometimes those hard moments can completely crush a person. So I'm not going to say that, you know, Hardship is great. Oh my goodness, it's the best thing ever. But it's there in order to test our characters. It's there in order to help us develop, to push us sometimes out of our comfort zone. Sometimes hardship is needed because we're so much in our comfort zone that we're afraid to venture out. But when we 
coddle people too much, prevent them from getting hurt. We actually rob them of something so important. We rob them of the ability to develop their sense of perseverance, that sense of determination. If we think that people can't achieve, then what are we saying to them? We're saying, well, we don't want you to get hurt because you can't really do it in if, you, if you're going to be hurt. No. We have to be able to infuse that sense of determination, that perseverance of you can do it. You can be able, you're, you're able to conquer any obstacle that faces you. But very often in those moments of hardship, yes, something comes out of it. It's not always easy to see. And if you thought that at the time that I was going through this, that I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Of course, I didn't think that. It was almost my end. I didn't want to continue. It's not about preventing people from falling. It's just about encouraging them to stand up even after they've fallen. And sometimes people have to go through those alone moments, those where they're walking alone, where they're walking alone so that they can connect to something within themselves. And once a person finds and identifies who they are and they're secure in who they are, nobody can take it from them. And I think that that's something we all go through. It's a search for our identity. Who are we? Who do we want to be? It sounds like you used your, the obstacle as a way to move forward and not everyone has the courage to do that. It's, um, I'd love to really kind of unpack that a little bit. I mean, what's your secret to doing that? What was that pivot point for you? Okay, now for everyone, it's going to be different. Everyone's going to go through their own, that own journey that, where they have to leave that comfort zone. And everyone is going to find their own answer. Now I'm going to tell you what mine is. That doesn't necessarily mean for somebody else watching out there that that's going to be theirs. No two stories can necessarily be the same. And I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to mislead anybody to say, well, this is the way to do it. There's no guidebook to life. That's the whole beauty of life. It's that we're trying to create our guidebook. Each of us have our own guidebook that we create for ourselves. For me, the thing that got me through is, is truly is faith. That's honest, honest truth. Because I was angry. Yeah, I was angry at the world. I was angry at people. I was angry at God. But at the same time, being angry at God, I, was, I would scream. My relationship, I always had a very strong faith being younger. It's something that was very much instilled with me. Uh, my dad is a very faithful person as well. Like, no matter how bad things have been in his life, and he's been hit so many times. He's, one thing he always told me, as I remember as a kid, is, Orly, God is big. It's big. We're not going to understand. He would get hit and hit and he'd fall and he'd still be able to say this. Now that stuck with me. That stuck with me. And I very much had that, 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 that faith. But it was during those times of hardship that it became even stronger. Why? Because that was the relationship I had. Saw me at my best, saw me at my worst. I've made mistakes, yet he still bets on me. And that's why I always tell people, you know, no matter how much you have to realize that when you wake up in the morning, you have air in your lungs and you're breathing. That means that no matter what mistakes you've made yesterday and the day before, no matter how much you may have messed things up. For me, like I said, it's God. For some people, it's the universe. For some people, something else. But the way I see it, he's betting on you. He's betting on you and saying, look, look, look what, look what she's going to do today. So if God is betting on you, how could you not bet on yourself? And that's what really got me through. It, it did. And I came out of that with a much stronger sense of faith than ever in a sense that nobody could take it from me. Why? Because I found it on my own. Oh, you have so much confidence. I'm sitting here listening to you going, you ooze confidence. And I find young women like you 
tend to struggle with confidence and self-worth. What would you say to someone like that? First of all, something to just know. Every person, every person that you know, struggles with self-confidence and self-worth. Everybody. Even the most confident of us. Now, I have to say this is also important to know, to mention. I did not have confidence as a kid. I really had, I was so super insecure. It's only when I came to truly love myself that that confidence grew. But something important to make mention to is that it's, this is not, for example, it's not like a, you know, a, a video game that you beat all the boards and then you're done. Wow, beat all the boards. I'm awesome. I'm good to go. No, life is going to be a continuous battle where there are going to be points in your life. You could have had all that confidence and then there are going to be points in your life where you're going to continue where you're going to question. So anybody that tells you otherwise, that you have comp- you're going to get confidence and you're good for your whole life. They're just lying to you. Everybody questions their value and their worth, myself included. There are times where I question my value, my worth. Am I doing it right? Am I making an impact? Am I really making a difference? And I can get down. But then I know the reason I'm not afraid being in that down place is because I, I found my, my place being able to pick myself back up. For me, that's in faith. Okay. So everybody has to have that thing that will help pick themselves back up. It's okay to question. It's okay to question. Just know that even the people, whether it be on social media or whatever it is that you look to aspire to be, wow, they got everything so in order. They really know what they're doing. I I promise you that that person also will question their value. And anybody that tells you otherwise is just plain out lying to you. So sometimes what makes us feel like we're not enough is because we're like, how come I keep questioning? How come I'm always in this place of doubt? Am I the only one in this? Am I alone in this? No, you're not alone. You're not alone. It's okay. As long as you know how to get yourself back out of it, as long as you recognize, and again, what it is that does it for me, it's, it's one line I say in the morning, okay? I say there's a, there's a, there's a phrase that I say every morning. It's, it's part of my faith, you know, and the truth is it's always hard for me. I have, I have to just be open and honest with you. It's always hard for me to talk about these things, and recently I've been talking about them more, and the reason it's hard for me is because the work I do with Life Us Inside is completely not associated with any political agenda or religion. And there's a reason I do that because everyone is accepted. So I very much don't mesh even my religious beliefs into it because I never want anybody to think that I'm trying to, to push my ideology on them. I have to say that because I, I never want anyone to feel that I have any sort of alternate agenda. But I'm gonna, you're, you're tell, asking me about my story, so I'm going to share with you. Every morning, there's a line I say, um, and the line is, I'll, I'll interpret it for you because it's in Hebrew. You say, you say, I acknowledge God for giving me back my soul. Because it says when a person sleeps, it's like they're 60th dead. Okay? So every morning when you wake up, it's like your soul is being returned to you. The last two words of that line, of this phrase, says, and your great faith in me. So I always said, I always tell people, I said, you know, isn't it so str- so funny that we're saying your great faith in me? We're saying to God, your great faith in me. Shouldn't we say my great faith in you? But really, it's not. Because every morning when you get up, it's like God is saying, I bet on you. I have faith in you that you're going to bring something into this world today that nobody else can bring. Guys, try and understand that. There are no superfluous people in this world. So if you're here, if you're here... There's something that you are meant to do that no matter what I try and do in my life, I can work day and night, 24-7, and I'm never going to be able to do what you're meant to do. I'm not. 
because there's no extra people. So to those of us out there that question our value and question our worth, don't forget to bet on yourself a little bit because you have something, you have a piece of the puzzle that nobody else can fill. And without you, we're incomplete. This world is incomplete. We are so interconnected, people in this world. doesn't matter where you live, whether you're in New York or in Australia. Everyone is interconnected. And what we put out there, the energy that we put out there into the world affects other people, even if we don't see it. So remember that. And always, each morning, play your best self. Be your best self. And stop thinking about the past of what was yesterday. Maybe the picture that you made yesterday wasn't so beautiful. So what? You have a blank canvas today. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You are not your mistakes. And really, if we think about it, there is no such thing as a mistake. Because every mistake that we've made, every fall, is going to bring us to where we're meant to be. How are you going to look at it? As a learning experience or as, ugh. But if you're going to work off of negativity, you're never going to be able to get anywhere. Stop looking at the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Don't look at the gap. Turn around. Look behind you at how far you've come and use the positive energy. Use the positive momentum to help spring you forward because negativity is only going to lead to more negativity. It's going to allow you to, to dig this deep, deep hole for yourself that you're just going to constantly try and get out of and just keep falling down. Choose the small, small goals. I always say dream big, dream big, but think, think small. Otherwise, you're going to get buried by that, that distance between the two, between, by that gap. That's why so many of us love making to-do lists, right? Think about it. Do you love making to-do lists? Yes, I, I do. <laughs> Sometimes I'll have done something and go to my to-do list and I see, oh my goodness, I forgot to write it on my to-do list. I write it and I cross it right out. And so many of us do that. And there's a reason why. Because we like to feel like we are accomplishing. So that's why we need to think small. Dream big, but do one thing. And work off of the positive. Stop the negative self-talk of, I didn't do this yet. And how come that person is so much farther ahead of me? And how come, play your game, your game. Stop looking into the other guy's suitcase. You don't need what he has. He has his own journey that's set aside for him. You have a suitcase too that was packed with all the skills, all the tools that you need to get to where you're going. But if you can always look at the other guy's suitcase and envy what he has and want that, you're never going to actually get your hands into what you have and see how you could utilize what's there inside to create worlds of your own. I love the analogy of a suitcase. Being visual, it, was, uh, it really resonated with me. And I do love your approach. You look at failure as uh, what have I learned from it and what am I going to do differently? Not so much like getting stuck in the negativity and, as you were saying, ugh, another, another thing that's gone wrong. So I love your attitude. I got to tell you this though. It's important to say, even though that's true, they're going to where your knee jerk reaction, the first reaction is going to be to, to be negative. That's okay. You can't always be happy, go lucky. It's okay. Just know how to get yourself out of it. So don't think, Oh, how come I can't always be positive? Relax, relax. It's okay to be down. Sometimes it's, it's an emotion. Every emotion, you need to welcome your emotions. You need to embrace them. Allow yourself to feel the full gamut of your emotion and then move on. So it's not to say that you can't be disappointed sometimes. 
It's not to say that you can't be feeling a little negative sometimes, but know how to embrace it, allow yourself to feel it, and then move on. If you're going to try and just ignore it, and we're not superhuman, we are human beings. We feel a whole range of emotions, which we should welcome with open arms. How did you get to be so wise at such a young age? What was your, your process? What was your drive? Uh, what was my, why I get to be so wise? First of all, I, I don't think I'm so wise. I think I have, I'm learning every single day. That's for sure. Um, every single day is a learning experience. For me, my drive, my drive is that same passion I had from when I was a kid. I have to tell you, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I could have given up so many times, you know, um, when you leave a job and you invest every dollar into something and you're not even seeing necessarily what the fruits of your labor are. It's very easy to get discouraged. When you have so many people around you always discouraging you and telling you, what are you doing? How are you going to make a difference? I say that understanding your why is a very, very important. And I understood my why at a very young age. If you understand your why, then the how will find its way to you. That's not to say it's not going to be hard and it's not going to be rough. It can be tough. But if you understand your why, it's going to continue you on your path. And my why was to bring people together in this world. It was to, 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 to rock the foundations of this world with a kindness like no other. But like I said, it's, I just, my wish for this world is for people to realize that they, make, that they really do matter. Honestly, that's really what it is. If only people actually understood that and, and love themselves, my goodness, what we could create here, what we could realize, because then envy goes out the window. We're not jealous of other people. We're happy for them. We're celebrating in their successes and, and we cry in their failures. And if we just realize that, that we all have a place, we all have a place. And it's not based on these fake numbers. It's not based on money or popularity or following those things are so fake and that's been a part of me since I was younger and like I said faith is a big part of it too honestly I don't think I could I don't think I could be where I am without it I don't I think I would have given up a long time ago mm. but I know that there's a bigger purpose for me so it makes me continue to hold on for dear life that's amazing so like you said, we're all humans and we all have emotions. We all have experiences of self-doubt. Even myself, I can't tell you how often that happens. Uh, how do you conquer self-doubt? What are, you, what are your tricks? What are my tricks for conquering self-doubt? Um, I always reevaluate. Okay, so, so when I'm feeling a little bit, when I'm feeling low, I'm feeling like I'm not getting, not getting my hands on something, like how come things are swirling out of control or where am I going next? I do a lot of reevaluation and I do a lot of um, self-work. What do I mean by that? First of all, I know it's going to sound crazy. One of the things that helps me in my process is cleaning. I know that that's going to sound really weird, okay? But cleaning my physical space, like if everything seems to be going wrong in my world, I turn. The first thing I do is I turn to cleaning. I know it sounds really funny. But there's actually an attachment between those two. There's a connection there. I first need to be able to clean my physical space because what that allows me to do, number one, is I'm alone in that process. I'm with myself. I'm in my thoughts. And as I do it, it's allowing me to clear out also my mental space. When my physical space is clean, I can think a lot clearer, okay? The next thing I do is I look to see, well, where, I, where am 
life. Where am I spiritually? Where am I professionally? And where am I, am I personally? Okay, and, and these are three different areas, okay? And I say to myself, okay, if I feel like the thing for me, my top thing, if I wanna be at my best game, I need to be at my best game spiritually. If I'm not in my best game spiritually, everything else is going to not be so great. And if I am on my best game spiritually, even if other parts of my life are not going so great, I'm still okay. So that's the first part that I really reevaluate. And I say to myself, well, where do I want to be? If I looked at myself in a year from now, what do I want my spiritual world to look like? Okay, I write it down on a piece of paper. It's very important to write it down, not just to think it in your brain. I write it. And I do the same thing with each part of my life, professionally, personally. Then I take another spreadsheet. I create a spreadsheet. So I have this list and I say, okay, if I want to be there, this person in a year from now, spiritually, I want to be doing this and this and this. What do I need to do on practically? Because just dreaming doesn't do anything for me. All right. What's the bottom line? Now get to the bottom line, get to the work. A lot of people have a hard time on execution. I love executing. This is my favorite thing. So you got to put it into practical situation. So let's say, uh, I'll take the personal aspect. If I said to myself, a year from now, I want to be married or at least find my husband so I can move on to the next phase of my life, okay? All right, well, what do I need to do right now? I need to make sure that I'm making time to go out. So am I, am I, am I putting that into my schedule? That I want to go out, whatever, once a week, twice a week. You choose, and it has to be practical, okay? Don't start saying, you know, uh, for example, if you want to start exercising, get your body into shape. Don't start saying, I'm going to exercise five times a week. Chill out, relax, okay? Relax. Start somewhere, do something, and then add to it. Because if you're going to make it too big to begin with, it's not going to be practical. It's not, it's not going to fit into your life. You're trying to make shifts. So I, I literally break it down to things like that, okay? Um, on the spiritual side, daily. I create daily things, weekly things, and monthly things, okay? So some of the things on the list are going to be daily. Let's say if I'm in the spiritual side, maybe I want to say, okay, I want to pray once a day. I want to be able to read um, a section of this book that talks about ethics once a day. I want to, you know, I want to go and call my grandma once a week because I want to keep that relationship going or... Whatever, whatever it may be, you know, go to, to um, a favorite place of mine once a week so that I have play basketball once a week, all right? Because I want to, I, I love basketball and I want to also give to my hobbies, you know, that would be on the personal thing, whatever it is. And I literally break it down to checklists and I put dates on the top of the checklist. I, I have it actually, my, 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 might be here, it might be somewhere else. And every day, and one of the things on my checklist is to read my list. By the way, you must write this. Read my list. Why? Because in the beginning, when you're checking everything, you're feeling psyched. Yes, I checked everything. But then what happens when you had a really rough day and you couldn't, whatever, the things that you wanted to do, you couldn't do. Oftentimes, we as people, then we just drop the whole thing. If somebody wants to go on a diet, they cheated once, they took a donut. Now, you had a donut, so I might as well eat this item and I might as well take this item. And before they know it, they feel so bad on themselves now that they don't even want to try anymore because they disgust it with themselves. It's like they fall into this spiral of uh, disappointing themselves. They become their own worst enemy. So at least I know if one of my things is to read the list, at least I know I could check one thing off the list. Fantastic. And then looking at it and evaluating it, seeing where are your ups, where are your downs. This is something I, would do, I was doing for years. Uh, 
So, yeah. I love it. And you know what? It makes it tangible. Like you said, otherwise it becomes overwhelmed when you, you know, I love it. Dream big, but it's about making it practical, those little steps to continue the momentum. And everyone's going to have those days, you know, where you're you're exercising every day, for example, I don't know, you know, I'm just making this up for the next five, and then you miss one day, then you just give it all up. Yeah. It's okay to take a couple of steps forward, a step back, a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back. Yeah, because we tend to fall into this all or nothing mindset. But the thing is with, you know, when we're working a lot on self-help, the thing that we forget to do is, you know, we could read as much and listen as much, and whatever, but you got to be practical at the end of the day. So what am I doing? What is a practical? Get it on paper and start to do. And if it doesn't work, reevaluate it. What, what did it make sense? This doesn't necessarily fit. This might be too much. You have to constantly be in reevaluation mode. And it's, that's something I very, very often do. Mm, I love it. Uh, Oli, I have a statement of yours, which I've written down, which I absolutely love, which I'd love for you to talk us through. It's what you proclaim comes or bring life to it. Say it again. I'm sorry. So what you proclaim comes or bring life to it. A hundred percent. So the idea is that we are, we become what we think and what we put out into the world. We do very much. If we're going to speak put out positive, positivity is going to come to us. If we're going to put out negative, negative, negativity is going to come to us because we're like magnets. I'll give you a really simple example, okay? Because you'll see how this actually applies in our, in our daily life. Is if you wake up in the morning, okay? And um, I don't know, maybe you missed your alarm and you had a really important meeting to get to. Like, oh my goodness, I missed my alarm. And then you go outside to get to your car and there's a ticket on your car. You're like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden you say the dreaded words. Oh no, it's going to be one of those kind of days. Oh my goodness. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. You are now going to draw to yourself things to prove to you that it's going to be the, one of those kind of days. Even if good things do happen, you're not going to see them necessarily because you're only looking for the things that are going to prove your statement that you put out into the world. It's going to be one of those kind of days and it's going to continuously happen, right? Because we are what, the things that we put out into the world. When we want something, it's very important to give voice to it, to proclaim it, to actually say it, because we actually allow ourselves to draw those things. It's about creating awareness. I always say here, just with awareness, talking about awareness, if a friend of yours introduced you to a song that you never heard before, so all of a sudden, you find that you start hearing it everywhere. You go into a store and it's on the radio. You go into this, like, oh my gosh. Or if you're in the market for a specific car, all of a sudden you see the car everywhere. Why? Because your awareness is increased. It's the same thing with kindness, right? You start looking for good in the world, you're going to see a lot more opportunities for good. If you start looking for negative, you're going to start seeing a lot more negativity. That's how it works. So when you want to bring something positive into your life, it's very important to not be afraid to proclaim what it is that you're looking for. And I actually did a, a bit of an experiment with this on the personal side uh, this past summer. It was really tough. I don't know if you've seen this. I did it on my personal page, nothing to do with the organization. And I recently, in April, and I took on a 40-day challenge. Have you, did you hear about this? Did I tell you about this? Yeah, yeah, yes, but can, continue. 40, okay, so I did a 40-day challenge. What was a 40-day challenge? Basically, I said to myself, I'm ready to move on to the next part of my life, the next phase of my life, to get married, to have children, can't wait to have kids. And I said, well, I need to put it out there. I need to not be afraid. 
So I started going once a day to, it's called the Kotel, the Western Wall in Jerusalem, which is a place of prayer that's very, very significant to many people. And I wasn't just going there every day for 40 days consecutively, but there's like a thing about 40 days and doing something for 40 days that actually brings it in part of your life. I was also praying for others while I was there. And then at the end of going there and, and, and you know, saying my prayers and asking for what I want and actually saying and being very specific on what I want, what is our relationship going to be like? And what is the person going to be like? And how am I going to be in the relationship? And how am I going to get back? I started writing these things down. And I started speaking these things. After that, I would make a Facebook Live every day for 40 days. I can't tell you how difficult it was. I would cringe every time I had to press the button. I didn't know what I was going to say any day. I just turned it on, said, hey, guys, day one of one, day five of, five, day, day five of 40, day seven of 40, whatever it was. And I would share what I was feeling that day. And I would say, I am here, Jerusalem at the Western Wall. And I am here to proclaim that I want to bring into my life my husband. I can't even say it now. There's a little bit of like this tinge in my stomach. Because it was like so hard. And people were watching and following along on this journey. And a lot of people were sharing that it was giving them a lot of strength. Because sometimes it's hard to put out there what we want or we feel like we're we feel like we're not good enough because we don't have that yet. How come I'm this age and not married? Or how come I'm this age and I don't have my job that I want? Or how come I'm this or that? And I said, no, I'm going to proclaim it. And I'm going to be okay with proclaiming it. And I'm going to be so, I'm going to visualize what that life is going to be. And it was the most amazing 40 days. It was this past summer. Now, you might ask the question, so early, are you married? Did you find your husband? No, I'm not married right now. I'm not married yet. That does, does it mean, oh, the 40 days didn't work? What a, what a hoax. What a ridiculousness. And I would share to people during these, you know, during these 40 days, I said, you know, we don't realize when you plant seeds, and think about the beauty of, of growth, okay? And this is a lesson to learn from the land. The land teaches us a lot, a lot, okay? You never see, a person takes seeds, seeds, same seeds you find inside your fruit. Take these seeds, you put them into dirt, okay, dirt there too. And you water it, and you take care of it, and the sun, the thing. It doesn't seem like anything is happening over here. What is this ridiculousness? Now this tree starts emerging from, this, from the ground and starts going against gravity. Understand, it's going against gravity, okay? Up. Things go down, usually. It's going, sprouting up. Leaves, branches, all of a sudden a fruit, and inside this amazing fruit are more of those crazy seeds. Now, what you don't realize is that the beauty and the power of this tree is actually not above the ground. It's not what you can see. The beauty and power of this tree is actually below the ground and what you can't see. The roots that took form for all those time, for all those months, years, whatever it may be, you were thinking nothing was happening. Wow, it's nothing coming from this um, city. But what you didn't realize is these roots were getting firmly implanted in the ground so that that tree can emerge against gravity and go upward and bear you these beautiful fruits. So those 40 days were the planting of the seeds. It's not up to me. I'm going to do my part. And I know that the seeds are being planted. Do I know how people, who knows, you know, who knows where the person that I was, I had to move from New York to Jerusalem. Who knows where that person is and where he's going to come from and what he's thinking, where he's going to be. We don't see what's going on beneath the surface. We just don't see it. But we have to believe. And before you know it, 
that fruit is going to, that tree is going to bear the fruit. So I feel like this entire time for me has been planting those seeds. So we can't always see. I know that we're in this world of instant gratification. It makes us think you press a button, something has to open. You press, take your phone out and all of a sudden the spinning wheel comes on. Oh, I have to get a new phone. This phone is dead. It's terrible. That's not how life works. It's not instant immediate gratification. Even these stories we hear of this overnight success. There's no such thing as an overnight success story. You don't realize that that person was working for years and trying to perfect their, their trade and doing this and doing that. It just seems like they're an overnight success. But you don't know. They, nobody tells you the backstory of what it took to get there. So just know you are, oh, you're planting seeds and you're taking care of the ground. Don't you mm. worry. It's going to bear fruit. I love that analogy. It's very much like the law of attraction. So do you keep, obviously, keep nurturing? Because there's two, I've heard with the law of attraction, you put it out, then let it go. What sometimes people do is hang on to it, hang on to it, hang on to it, and it doesn't manifest. Then you get the others, they say, but you've got to keep nurturing it. Just like you said, you're planting the seeds, like watering your garden. You've got to keep nurturing. What are your thoughts about that? Okay, well, you cannot think that there's a magic pill or a magic button to press, meaning it's not like, okay, I'm going to proclaim it. You know, somebody, let's say, doing the same, just talking about the same 40 days. I did it, and this 40 days is going to come, and the last of the 40 days, I'm going to miraculously bump into the guy, and we're going to fall in love and everything. And then if it doesn't happen, you're like, you see, this ridiculous proclaiming things doesn't work. If you're doing it with that mindset, don't do it. Better not to do it, by the way. Don't do it. Just don't. I didn't do it with the mindset of I'm going to do this and then suddenly things are going to change. If anything, it was more of me doing it for me. It was me connecting with me more, deeper. When you're, when you're wanting something in your life, whether it be love or whether it be um, you know, you know, something to do with your profession, whatever it is, understand that the real work, it seems like the work is out there. I have to be on the computer. I got to work harder. I got to work more hours. I got to send out more emails. I got to call more people. That's not the hard work. You know what the hardest work is? Is a work of the heart. Inner work is the hardest work. People don't want to do the inner work. So you, it's easier to do this work, to do this work. But I'm doing all this work. I'm going out all this time and I'm doing, relax. You need to do a lot of the inner work. And the inner work, you can't, you don't always see the results right away. Okay, but it's an investment. You're investing. What is an investment? An investment, person doesn't invest in a business, okay? And then suddenly, they, they put all the money in, and then suddenly, wow, they're making millions of dollars. No, it's something that grows over time. You're investing in something that is in your future, okay? And so my thoughts of this, I guess it's both sides, okay? Yes, you need to proclaim. Don't think it's a magic pill. I'm going to do what this person said or what this coach said, and suddenly my whole life is going to change, okay? Remember, you're working on yourself. If you don't actually believe the words that you're saying from your mouth, it's just lip service, it doesn't mean anything. So unless you believe it and internalize it, you're not really doing anything. You just are thinking you're, do you're doing the work, but you're not doing the work. Mm. So you can't pay the lip service. You have to actually believe it. You have to believe that you have what it is that you're asking for. That means that you have to understand that your happiness isn't going to come when that comes to you. Really, all that they're telling you is that you need to realize that happiness is already there. It's already inside of you. It's not dependent on a person or a thing or a, you know, a promotion or whatever. It's there inside of you. 
And when you are there, when you have that happiness inside of you and you're living in that happiness, you will likely then draw to yourself what is on your frequency. You cannot draw to yourself that if you are not feeling that within you and you're just doing the work. So a lot of people, that's how they deal with these things. They're like, okay, I'm doing all the things that the coach told me. I'm checking off the list. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to think that way. Okay. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's much harder than that. You have to actually really believe it. That's the word. So, true. So, so true. And it is. It's so many people look external for happiness and external validation uh, to, uh, you know, either decide whether they're happy or not happy. So I love that as well. So, Ollie, as we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to leave for our viewers and listeners today? Anything that we haven't discussed today or anything that you haven't talked about? Well, I can tell you just this, and I know I sort of mentioned this a little bit, the biggest advice that I can give to all of us out there is for us to start opening the suitcase a little bit more and searching what's inside of it. Take, that, take it out. Take the time to actually pause, stop, keep looking at other people that are, you feel like, oh, you know, they're doing the same thing I'm doing. Let me, let me look at how they're doing it. Just, just stop a second, okay? Stop comparing yourself for a moment. Take the time to just peek into your suitcase. What's in there? Ask yourself what it is that you have. You have something that no one else has. Don't you understand? That's rare. That means every one of us has something that no one else has. What is it? And it's something special. And just remember, you have your heart is beating. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a purpose. Never, ever, ever forget it. Mm, God, you're so motivating, Ollie. I am just uh, covered in goosebumps right now. So what we normally do when we wrap up, we always love to ask three rapid, fun questions. Are you ready? Do it. Okay. So what's the first thing that you notice about someone when you meet them? Their eyes. Ah. If you were a superhero, what would be your powers? I was a superhero. What would be my powers? Hmm, that's a good question. My power would be superhuman ability to love. I mean, I think I can have that even if I'm not a super a superhero because I really do love people. I always say my job is falling in love with people more and more each day. Um, to be able to see the beauty within each person and let each person know what that is so that they can begin to see it in themselves. I think you do that already. I think that you naturally, you ooze love, but I just think you are one of the kindest human beings. And for our viewers, we'll have all the, the uh, URLs as well so you can see all the work that Ollie does. It's, it's amazing. You are, and you do that already. That is your superpower. Oh. So, Ollie, what's one thing that you could never ever live without one thing one thing i can never ever live without god it's oh, beautiful ollie i can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom your passion your geez you ooze confidence so i could just sit here for days listening to you and i know our viewers <laughs> will reach out to you uh you're just amazing absolutely amazing thank you so well, so, so, thank so, you much. so much really thank you so much for the opportunity it really means a lot and I'm so happy that you're out there doing what you're doing because you're spreading a lot of light or a lot of love 
and a lot of goodness to the world. So just keep on being you. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.